Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Hi there, Radiant Church. Welcome back and thank you for joining us in our eighth and final session on the Beatitudes. Uh, also want to call attention that this will be our, our final online service before we start back in person regularly. Uh, June 11th, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. That's going to be our new time that we're going to be meeting weekly starting June 11th. So I look forward to seeing you there. And again, I thank you uh, for walking through these last uh, seven, eight weeks with us as we look at the Beatitudes. Uh, Today, our Beatitude that we're going to address is uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because they live for God. Um, But before I I get to that. I just want to take a minute and just um, encourage you um, and call your attention to those previous seven Beatitudes that we've gone through and just really want to say these are descriptive and prescriptive for what the Christian life is supposed to look like. Later in this chapter, Jesus says we're to be salt and light, and and these Beatitudes tell us how we're to do that. Not only that, but these Beatitudes are the whole gospel, in my opinion. And so we're going to talk about sharing the gospel in a little while because we're talking about persecution, and those go hand in hand. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you, if we embodying these uh, Beatitudes what I like to call the roots and fruits, the first three being the roots and the last four being the fruits. If we embody those, um, not only will we display God's, uh, God's, um, God's beauty in our character, and not only will we display Christian character, but we will uh, understand how to share the gospel. Um, if we are, if we are rooted in, 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 being poor in spirit, rooted in the understanding that um, we are in abject poverty in terms of our spiritual um, ability of what we bring to the table. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. We bring nothing to the table. So this helps us to be humble and displays Christ's character. It also helps us to not think of ourselves as better than others. So when we're sharing the gospel, that we'll have we'll have the right attitude. When we are rooted in that second beatitude, those who mourn, that is that is rooted in a recognition and an admission that there is sin, that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That and and when we recognize the the negative effects that sin has, whether that's through experiencing loss in the death of a loved one, or whether that's through experiencing um, <clears throat> pain and and hardship and heartache and trauma uh, through the for our own sins or others' sins, if we are rooted in that sense of mourning over um, over the brokenness of the world, that again will help us display uh, Christ's character and help us to share the gospel with the right attitude. If we are gentle, humble, meek, like our Savior, um, we will be good gospel sharers and we will be good um, displays of Christ's character. We will not be abusive. We will not be selfish. We will not put ourselves uh, and our needs before others, but the opposite. We will be like our Savior who even to the point of uh, humbling himself, becoming like a servant, washing the feet of even 
his betrayer Judas um, to show his humility and his servanthood. If we root ourselves in these three beatitudes, then the fruit that we will see in our lives is that we will hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will want justice. And when we see injustice, it will bother us to the point that we will do anything to see justice. We will want uh, righteousness and right relationships. Um, this will affect positively affect our marriages. It will positively affect our um, uh, relationships with our coworkers and extended family and all those folks that we interact with daily. That will be a fruit of those roots. If we um, display mercy as God has displayed mercy to us, we will be putting God's mercy and God's character on display. We will be sharing the whole gospel. It is the, the gospel is not just about putting your faith in Christ. It's about experience God's mercy. If, if we are rooted in these uh, beatitudes, we will be pure in heart. We will be undistracted and we will be single-minded and we will not chase after the pleasures of this world, but we, but we will seek first God's kingdom. And then lastly, as we talked about last week, we will be peacemakers, shalom makers. We will be those who bring wholeness and completeness and restoration and security. We will be those kinds of people who have that influence on those around us. So I just want to encourage you, get your get your uh, your study Bible and then don't go far from these Beatitudes uh, because the, these are how we are to be in this world. Now, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll dive into today's beatitude. God, thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. Jesus, thank you for your humility and becoming a servant and being obedient even to death on a cross uh, so that we might have relationship uh, with you and with the Father. Father, bless this time. Teach us Guide us, uh, help us to understand your scriptures rightly. Lord, may your truth, uh, by the power of your spirit in our lives, uh, may it sink into our hearts and may we recognize it as truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter five is where we are again for the last uh, time, uh, last part of this series. Uh, Jesus is finishing up his statements in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I'm going to start reading in chapter 10, just for time's sake, and I'm reading from the New Living Testament, <clears throat> New Living Translation. Uh, verse 10 says, God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God, <clears throat> for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. A couple of things about persecution. Um, they're really in terms of two kinds of persecution we want to talk about. Uh, persecution of the hand, that is physical uh, physical persecution when you're physically beaten or physically killed where harm comes to your physical body and then the persecution of the tongue which Jesus uh, lays out here quite quickly. Folks lying about you, making things up about you, slandering you. Uh, the first kind of persecution I want to talk about is persecution of the hand and, and what we need to understand is that persecution is not a new 
idea. It's not a New Testament idea. Uh, the, the, there has a, there's a pattern of persecution that we see from Genesis all the way to Revelation. In the first family, in the first family that was on earth, uh, Adam and Eve, they had two sons, Cain and Abel. We see persecution because of righteousness in the first two brothers born on this earth. We know that God uh, showed his acceptance and showed that Abel was righteous by because he accepted God's uh, uh, because he accepted Abel's sacrifice, and we know that Cain, in response, murdered his brother. You, you continue through the Old Testament, Joseph. You one of my favorite stories, Joseph and the coat of many colors. You remember Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers, and then he ends up in Potiphar's home, and Potiphar's wife approaches him uh, in, in an unrighteous way, and Joseph flees from sin and runs towards righteousness. And where does he end up? He ends up in prison. Joseph was persecuted uh, because of his righteousness. If you look, if you turn quickly in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, the back half of Hebrews chapter 11, there's a list of those who were persecuted because of righteousness. Uh, the writer in Hebrews is naming out folks who were faithful to God. Uh, some went through trials and some had some blessings, but he says here, if you start at verse 35, he says, but those who trusted God, they were tortured, preferring to die rather than to turn from God and be free. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Listen, some were mocked and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning and some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about in skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. There's a pattern of persecution that we find in the scriptures. And Jesus tells us today that we are going to experience that and that we should expect it. We don't really experience the physical threat or the threat of physical danger, at least not that often um, in America for our righteousness or for uh, sharing the gospel. But uh, we're pretty isolated in terms of our freedom to express our faith and our freedom to share our faith and our freedom to practice our faith um, in much of the rest of the world. That's just not true. I have a, a friend who... Um, who was persecuted? A friend that I that I know well, and and his story is one that um, he is one of the reasons why I believe in Jesus and why my faith continues to be strong even in those moments where I ask myself, is this all real? Uh, can it be real? Uh, one of the reasons is I have a friend who was born into a very conservative Muslim village, um, grew up, would describe himself as having been a terrorist, having planned terrorist attacks. He was uh, very well studied, uh, grew up in a very conservative home. And then one day, he met Jesus. And when I say he met Jesus, I, I mean he met Jesus face to face. And about a month later, his wife also met Jesus face to face. And more than one of his children since saw Jesus face to face. And so because of his experience with Jesus, transformed his life, 
and he began to make it his mission to share the gospel to his community. And in doing that, he would eventually face severe persecution. He had a partner uh, who he would go and, and go from village to village and share the gospel with. And, and one afternoon, while his partner was driving his taxi, two cars pulled and blocked one from the front and one from the back. And they got out and they filled him up with bullet holes. Uh, my friend uh, was not there, but later on, some 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 years later, he would he would be arrested by by his government, um, placed in jail, beaten, starved, um, not been allowed to sleep, um, put uh, blindfolded, uh, and and forced to sign documents that would eventually lead people to believe that he was insane or lost his mind. Uh, eventually, because of enough political pressure was placed from outside countries, uh, he was released. But all they asked him to do was to deny his faith in Jesus. But he could not deny his faith because he knew what he had seen and who he had experienced. Just uh, six or eight months ago, uh, a, 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 an American Christian who was working and serving in the Middle East um, on behalf of Christ, bringing aid to people who are in need. Same story, two cars, one pulls out in front, one comes from behind, they come out and they fill them up with bullet holes. Persecution is real. Uh, it's estimated that uh, every five minutes somewhere in the world, a Christian dies because they are Christian. They die because of their faith. So I just want to say that uh, persecution is real, and it's something that is to be expected. Uh, we don't experience that much here uh, in America. We experience here probably more persecution of the tongue, as Jesus is describing here in verse 10 and 11. God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. Be happy about it. I want to I wanna take just a second and speak to my, my middle school and high school kids. Um, and I just want to tell you, if, if you choose to live out your faith publicly in schools, you will be mocked. You will be ridiculed. People will make up lies about you. They will say terrible things about you. Listen, guys, this culture is trying to make you into something that is that is so far from what God has designed and planned for you. And listen, I'm going to be quite frank. If you choose not to, to engage in this gender and sex project or experiment, that the culture is trying to walk you through and force you into, if you simply stand firm in your uh, purity, you will be mocked, you will be lied about, you will be slandered. Most of the persecution we face in America is persecution by the tongue or by what people say about us, but not all of it. I want to read a quick story and just remind us that um, we are coming into a new place of where I believe some persecution we're going to experience will be more physical than it has been. Nashville, Tennessee, a sense of profound sadness and outrage has swept through the community following the tragic shooting 
at the Covenant School, a private Christian elementary school in Nashville. The lives of six innocent individuals, including three young children, were brutally taken by a 28-year-old in a violent and targeted anti-Christian act. The Covenant School became a battleground just after 10 a.m. Monday when hail opened fire inside the church building, which houses the school. According to the authorities, the shooter was well-prepared, leaving behind chilling writings and detailed maps of the school and its security protocols. In an act of unspeakable cruelty, three children and three adults were fatally shot by the attacker, who was later identified as a Nashville resident. The horror finally came to an end when the suspect was shot and killed by authorities in the lobby area, roughly 14 minutes after the initial 911 call was placed. Law enforcement confirms Sources have confirmed that the school and church building were deliberately chosen as the target of the shooter. The motive behind the attack appears to be a deep-seated animosity towards the Christian community, as indicated by the writings left by the shooter. Among the victims was the daughter of Pastor Chad Scruggs, who is the senior pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church. The Nashville community has been left reeling from the attack, grappling with the loss of innocent lives, and the implications of the violent, targeted act. Not all of our persecution that we will experience in this country is just tongue and cheek. And so I, I want to tell you, you, you middle schoolers and high schools, you have a choice. As do we. We can choose to boldly live out our faith and face persecution or or we can just keep quiet. Or we can just we can just stay distracted. And this this is not just for our middle schoolers and high schoolers, but all of us who are very much distracted uh, in America. It seems like the enemy doesn't have to persecute us as much in this country because he just keeps us very much distracted. We have a choice. We can keep our mouth closed or we can be obedient to what Christ has called us to do. I'm going to read for you uh, a, a passage that you know well from Matthew chapter 18 of Jesus giving us a command. He came to his disciples, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have been commanded by our Savior to go and make disciples. And to be quite honest, one of the marks of mature disciples is that we are making other disciples. I, I believe one of the motivations for the, the Radiant Reimagined was because we were just not making new disciples. We were doing a great job of church transfers and putting behinds in the seats, but very few baptisms, very few people coming to faith in Christ. And I think it's because quite possibly our priorities are mixed up. I want to read one more verse and we'll be finished. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus instructs, Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty while thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten and rusty and where they will be safe from thieves. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will also be. Those verses we read in Hebrews earlier, the thing that is repeated about those faithful ones, those faithful witnesses, was that they did not consider this as their kingdom. They did not consider this as their home. They considered themselves as foreigners just passing through. And so their hope and their treasure was in heaven. Now, you've heard the phrase, you can't, you never see a U-Haul being dragged behind a hearse because you can't take your treasures here, there. But there is one thing that can be transferred from here to there, and that's human beings. My, my plea today is that we would make it a priority to speak the whole gospel with our lives and with our words to those who are far from God. And it's not always a clear-cut gospel presentation. Maybe you don't feel comfortable with a clear, long gospel presentation or leading someone to faith, but when we are sharing the whole gospel with our lives, we go back to these Beatitudes. We are sharing mercy. We are sharing peace. We are sharing a desire for justice and for righteousness. God is simply calling us to go and make disciples. And there are so many ways we do that as people go on through this journey of life. I'll tell you one last story and I'm finished. I, just to encourage you um, to share the gospel at every moment. I was living with um, in the northern part of Iraq uh, as a young man living underneath the house of a, a local family, a Muslim, living in darkness. And um, I remember one day, uh, the youngest daughter, I could hear very clearly what was happening upstairs, and she was being um, physically abused by an older brother, uh, smacked uh, against the wall, screaming, crying. And I remember her coming down stairs to, to uh, the porch where my apartment was, and uh, knowing full well what had gone on, I just went outside and I sat down beside her and just kind of patted her on the shoulder. And at that moment in time, I didn't have the words to express to her the injustice that I knew she was experiencing. But I was able to express the injustice that I knew she was, that she was experiencing. And I believe able to validate her in that moment. And my prayer since then has always been that she will remember me having called myself a Christian, and having had a desire for justice and righteousness. And that some years later, she'll meet another person who calls themselves a Christian, who maybe then has the words and the vocabulary and the opportunity to share the gospel and teach her more about Jesus. And so through the, the years and, and, and faithful witnesses that God is going to bring into her life, one day she would come to faith. I want to encourage you guys. God has called us 
to live out and share the gospel with our lives and with our mouths. And I just want to encourage you to keep that as a priority in your lives. I'm going to pray for us and we're done. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray that um, today has been helpful. Uh, God, I pray that uh, your truth would land heavy on the hearts of the listeners. And Father, I look forward to celebrating um, your love for us and your son Jesus next week with this church family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.